All right, so on the podcast today, we have a second-time guest in Coach Brett Collier. Y'all will love this podcast. Uh, he is full of wisdom, and I learn so much every time I talk. I talk to him, and after a, a brief uh, ad from our sponsor, we'll get right into this, this awesome podcast. All right, Coach, we're live. So, we have Coach Collier back on the podcast. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Very honored. First, first second time guest. So, uh, very excited about that. Thankful to be on. Yeah, it's awesome. We also have my daughter, Abigail, with me today, sitting next to me that people can't see, obviously. <laughs> uh, can you say hi, Abby? She just waves hi. Um, so, Coach, give the listener a little update about your life um, from the last time that we talked. Yeah, I'll give you the uh, the short version. Last time we talked, um, I was the defense coordinator at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, which is in McDonough, Georgia. McDonough is just a few miles south of Atlanta, um, which is a really good school, really rich uh, football history there. Um, the head coach there is named Jonathan Guess. Um, coach Guess has now won uh, six state championships and five in a row. And so I was very, very uh, fortunate and lucky to be there for three of those. I was the defense coordinator. And uh, just due to, you know, uh, trying to get to a little better family situation and being closer to home, I was commuting. I had a really long commute, um, anywhere from 40 to 45, 50 minutes, something like that. So to kind of free myself from that bondage, I uh, uh, took a new job. And so I actually am coming back to the school that I was at before Elka, which is FPD, First Presbyterian Day School. And uh, FPD is down in Macon, Georgia, which is a little over an hour south of Atlanta. Um, and so that's kind of home to us. My wife is an FPD graduate, and uh, I was here, like I said, before my Elka time. So... We feel very much at home and uh, are having a good summer so far. Yeah, Coach, talk about your your last season, kind of how that went. And you guys obviously won those state championships. But talk about, um, you know, things that you learned uh, during that season. Well, it's it's uh, it was really a, a, a good – a great season, obviously, won the state championship. But it was a really good uh, season for me to learn. Um, we, were by no, we were by no means – down in terms of talent we had we were very talent rich but just our talent was just it, it was different from what I was used to um at Elka so it really it took some time to figure out where all the puzzle pieces went but which, which I think is a challenge for any uh small school uh is trying to figure out okay I got these kids and we had to figure out where all the puzzle pieces go um and we're trying to do that now at, at FPD we got some good kids where do they all go how do we best fit and so we went through some growing pains there, and we lost uh, a game somewhere around mid-year um, to a really good uh, Holy Innocence team. Uh, Holy Innocence, they run a triple option. They're tough and hard-nosed and very well coached. And um, we, we had the more talented team, but they, they got us on that night. They beat us in overtime, and uh, it was a huge win for them. And I, I was, you know, looking back on it, you're kind of happy for them that they got that win. But – we, when we looked at that game, um, we looked at where we had our guys at. and um, You know, we looked at how hard we plays and played and how tough we played and uh, just saw a lot of chinks in the armor, so to speak. And uh, 
eventually, you know, changed some personnel, got some guys in some different positions and moved some things around and uh, changed some things about kind of our intensity at practice. And um, anyway, that was a big turning point in the season. Um, after that game, went on through our region schedule. So we did not win the region championship because Holy Innocence is in our region. I think it's the first time in, goodness, I think nine years mm. that Elka did not win the region championship. And uh, it was because we gave up 42 points on defense and got beaten overtime. But um, so anyway, as the season goes on, we, we run into Holy Innocence again in the playoffs. We were able to get them the second time, which was a sweet win, a really good win for our players. And uh, got to play actually another region opponent in Wesleyan uh, in the state championship and a uh, really good Wesleyan program. A lot of respect for them, the way they do things. And um, it was a really good game. Uh, they were actually beating us at halftime and uh, we were able to kind of chip away at that and make some big plays in the, in the second half at Georgia state stadium in the cold freezing rain at 10 AM and made enough plays to win. Yeah. I remember watching that game and thinking, like, it looks cold, but I couldn't imagine how cold and rainy that actually was. <laughs> yeah, they, had, they did have us two, two little heaters underneath the tent. So, about, I don't know, of our 70 players, about 50 of them were trying to cram under that tent <laughs> at one time. But I was trying to talk to them on the iPad, and they were just worried about getting warm. So, uh, it was just one of those, one of those days. But uh, they're actually changing the format of that this next year, um, you know, assuming we have a season and playoffs and all that. And uh, they're actually going to uh, change the format so that no team has to play in the morning. So it's going to be uh, a three-day three day championship weekend. Well, that's good. I mean, is that one of the reasons why I moved to out of the Georgia Dome, you think? Um, well, you know, now it's the Mercedes-Benz. Um, they, they couldn't – my understanding, and I'm not uh, totally – you know, I'm not in on all that, but my understanding is that the the cost of being in the Mercedes Benz was too much for the GHSA. And um, like one one year we had to play on a Wednesday, play the state championship on a Wednesday because of the uh, the soccer league. And, you know, they're going to make a ton of money for that soccer game. And for the GHSA playoffs, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. And so we kind of took a backseat to that, which is understandable. But uh, there was a lot of people kind of upset about that and, and looking at what Jerry, jo Jerry Jones does for Texas and letting them play there for free. And so there were a lot of people upset about upset with Arthur Blank and Atlanta Falcons for that. But, uh, you know, my, my perspective was if you were fortunate enough to be there on the last game of the year, um, just enjoy it. Don't matter if you have to play on pavement, you know, just enjoy it and go play the game. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about making adjustments during the year. So, in your philosophy, do you adjust – what's your first thing to adjust? Is it scheme? Is it player? Like, where do players play? Like, what's, what's your go-to? Yeah, so you and I talk a lot about, um, you know, really just a, it's a life philosophy and a football philosophy of being simple and doing things really, really simple and um, getting everyone on the same page and uh, nothing's complicated and complex. And so, you know, we have to make adjustments and things like that. We, we try to start with, you know, getting the right players in the right spot and making adjustments um, with that if you have to. Um, you know, sometimes when you get into smaller schools, you, you have even less options. But, um, you know, where I'm at at FPD, we have we'll, – we'll dress out 
between 60 and 65 this year. And so we will have some options, but even then, you know, it's not like I got a, a load of division one talent on the team, but we're just, it's just getting the right kids in the right spot. And then in terms of like scheme adjustments, I won't ever say we make really wholesale scheme adjustments, but what we have within our scheme is we know what our base is. And then with that, we try to uh, have built in answers for what we know the weaknesses are. And, uh, and, and try to let those answers uh, be kind of like our, our protection of, of when something breaks down or when something's not going right. Well, we have built-in answers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we, uh, how we do it. And then really from that, it's just week-to-week little tweaks with what you're doing, maybe a little alignment thing. Um, I remember the second, like, the second time we played Wesleyan in that state championship game, we tweaked uh, an alignment on one formation. And we tweaked the way that we were going to cover sprint out. And those don't sound like very big things, but Wesleyan's a huge sprint out team and they know what we're going to do on sprint out. Uh, so just making those two little adjustments, I think made a big uh, impact on the game. And so that's kind of how we try to handle things. And then coach, you know, like you guys have to defend like triple and then you play like a guy like Brock Vandegrift. So, you know, there's a big difference in scheme. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't, I don't know that we did a, a great job with that. I, I don't, but, you know, a ton of respect for Brock Vandegrift. If the listener doesn't know who Brock Vandegrift is, just Google him. You know, I, I'm dead serious. I think he'll win the Heisman Trophy one day. He's that type of kid and that type of player, just a complete difference maker. Um, I think Huddle was actually running some Brock Vandegrift highlights the other day mm-hmm. on their homepage. You know how the highlights yeah, come yeah. up? It was Brock Vandegrift. And uh, I just – I didn't watch it because I knew that our team was going to be on there. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I'm not going to watch it. But uh, tremendous player. So, yeah, so we, you got to have built-in answers because, like you said, you're playing a triple option one week and you're playing Brock Vandegrift and then you're playing a wing T team or um, we always play an I team in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really complicated to get ready for all that stuff. And it's really uh, a lot to handle. So on our end, we just figure we'd best be simple and, and have built-in answers to what we're trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, I'll watch, I'll watch, watch you guys play state championship game and then I'll watch other ones. And, you know, you see more pro style. We talked about this, like more pro style offense in Georgia. Um, so how do you combat that as a, as a defensive coach when probably all the clinics you go to, it's like how to defend the spread, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's, I, I think, um, you know, there's two different worlds in a, I assume it's like this everywhere, but uh, it's like there's two different worlds in Georgia high school football. There are the guys that are, are new and cutting edge and are doing all the RPOs and uh, have a lot of success with it. Then you have the guys that are old school, old fashioned, and they know it and they love it and they really take pride in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was at a clinic and there's a coach uh, named Lance Helton from Jeff Davis County High School, and they run um, they run the old school wing tee under center, and um, he made a point to tell everybody if you if you were looking for the shotgun or this or that you're in the wrong clinic because he's under center old fashioned so there's two different worlds i think and um yeah it's really hard to uh it's really hard as a defense coach 
to uh, be ready and be prepared for all that when, let's say, you get into the playoffs, and if you have a four- or five-game playoff season, you know, you could see a different style of offense every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, you know, we're a, we're a big cover three team, and um, that's not in vogue right now, and it's not what all, uh, you know, all the Twitter coaches uh, say that we should be doing. But that's who we are, and that's what we do, and, and we try to get really, really good at it. We've had success with it, and we have a lot of minor adjustments in our cover three that help us play um, a, a bunch of different offenses and all these different styles. And, uh, you know, I, I just think if you, if you watch college football, you know, down here in SEC country, and you look at um, the top programs, say Georgia, Alabama, uh, Tennessee, uh, Clemson, um, I know they're not SEC, but they're the biggest team down here, really. Um, the best team, I guess you could say. But if you look at all those teams and you do study on their defense, you know, what percentage of the time are they, are they running cover three? And it's a lot, um, especially on rundowns. Mm-hmm. Or up in your area, West Virginia, you know, look at what Ohio State did this past year. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of cover three, uh, even in the, in the playoff game versus Clemson. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, didn't, they didn't lose that playoff game because they were in cover three. They lost it because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so, that, that guy's uh, a dude. <laughs> that's like playing Brock Vandegrift, I guess. But, uh, yeah. you know, so I just think, you know, what, the way we handle that and what we do is uh, try to be simple and have answers built in. And, uh, you know, week to week, it all builds on top of one another. So when you, you talk about playing three deep, um, you know, like you said, like, and we talked about this before, you know, it makes sure the big play doesn't happen, right? You're trying to keep the ball in front of you. Um, but how do you handle, like, teams that really can throw it? I guess that's, like, the one weakness, I think. So, like, what are some ways you adjust that, like, against a guy like Brock Vandergriff, you're trying to take away the, the easy throws? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't claim to be the expert on how to defend Brock Vandergriff because we gave up a whole bunch of points. But uh, we went in – I'll tell you what we, we thought going into that game. We went into that game um, – so our, what we do coverage-wise is we play cover three, and we'll play – we have a couple different versions of man. We'll play uh, middle field, cover one, and then we'll play uh, cover zero. And we have a couple different ways we can still essentially play three deep, um, but one of those ways we can show too high and kind of roll to it. And uh, another way is, you know, kind of all the in vogue three safety stuff. Because that's who we are. That's our entire package. Cover three. It's a two deep shell rolling to cover three. It's a three high safety stuff where you're still basically playing cover three and two different man coverages. Um, so we went into that game uh, knowing that if we just sat in three deep zone, we thought he would be good enough to beat us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we decided to do was play man coverage. So we played cover one and cover zero. And we thought our guys on the perimeter were going to be able to to match up with and shut down their guys. And uh, we thought we could bring pressure and take advantage of their offensive line and, uh, and get to him. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good plan. Um, if I was going back and doing it all over again, I'd, I'd keep some elements of that. Um, and I think that works. I think that's what you see people do at the college level a lot. Uh, but uh, that night, man, Vandegrift was good. And, um, their receivers are really, really good at getting open. You know, when you have a team where that's what they do mm-hmm. and they got the guys to get open and, and get on the ball, um, man, you're in for a long night. 
And so that's what we found ourselves. Uh, we ended, we ended up winning the game, uh, but we uh, we found ourselves in a, a dog fight, and they were putting up a lot of points. And um, you know, when you the 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 thing where where football has gone to me um, is you can talk about bringing pressure all you want, but quarterbacks now are not holding the ball for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they're not under the center anymore taking a five-step or a seven-step drop. Mm-hmm. So in the old days when they were under center taking a five, seven-step drop, you know, you could bring pressure and you had time to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brock Vandergriff has taken the snap and taken one step in the gun and his mm-hmm. slot receiver's open, you know. Right, yeah. He knows where he's putting it and the receiver is, uh, you know, precise with his route running. And uh, – He's going to pick the matchup he likes, and uh, they're going to get open. Then you got a guy like Vandegrift, who um, who can who can make plays happen with his legs too. Kids fast, and uh, they run they run a lot of zone read and power read, and he can scramble and break the pocket and 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 make plays happen. And then when that happens, you're in man coverage, and right, uh, yeah. he's and somebody's getting open. So yeah, that yeah. was a long night for us, um, but against. I guess more normal teams, we would we would stay in our zone and um, we'd either play three deep zone or play what we call Jordan, which is where we put both of our outside linebackers out on number one receivers and reroute and basically play cover three with three all the three safety type stuff. We do that or we play our two deep coverage and, and roll to it, um, and we can we can game plan where we want to go with that. Um, we just do it didn't do it that night because we thought that he was going to be good enough to beat us. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we handle that. Um, you know, Vandegrift is not the norm, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like you said, the guy may end up winning the dang Heisman Trophy. Like, that guy's a stud yeah. uh, for sure. But did you play the, the kid from Wesley in the state championship game? I mean, he's going to, like, Wake Forest, didn't he? Yeah, he's got a Wake Forest offer, and uh, I think he was only in the 10th grade. And, uh, oh, geez. and he's, he, he actually is transferring to Blessed Trinity. Who you know a lot about? You studied Blessed Trinity. Oh yeah. Um, so he's transferring to Blessed Trinity, and uh, I'm sure we'll have success there as a uh, more of a pro style quarterback. But yeah, we we did play him in the state championship game, and uh, you know we played uh, probably 95 percent cover three in that game, mm-hmm. and uh, just thought we could cover it with uh, with our three deep stuff. And the the difference is. Prince Avenue with Brock Vandergriff had so many weapons at receiver. And yeah. uh, they, they got this slot receiver named Logan Johnson. And I don't know if he's getting a whole lot of college looks because of his size, but he he's definitely one of the best players in the state of Georgia. Kid was mm-hmm. unbelievable. And you watch him on film, and I don't want to say you underestimate him because we knew he was good, but mm-hmm. you don't really know how good someone is until you get out there with him. Right. And he took that game over. And Wesleyan had good players too, but they weren't uh, – they weren't quite as fast and explosive as those kids were for Prince Avenue. So if you follow George high school football, definitely looking for Prince Avenue to make a lot of noise this year. Absolutely. I mean, you just talked about blessed Trinity. That's one of those I formation teams. I watched their state championship game a couple of times this off season. They won't get in there, pound that sucker. <laughs> sure. Yep. It's, it's power counter ISO and play action. There you go. Shoot, man. That's, one day as a coach, I want to call plays out of the eye and just be like, toss, power, counter, ISO, PA, boot. Let's call it a day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, 
that would be fun. I think that would be fun. What do you think? It'd be fun to like be in that style of offense or like, you know, you know you what I'm saying? Could, you could get fancy and run some Bella G too if you wanted to. There you go. <laughs> that, would, that would be that would be so, awesome. When I was in uh when I was in high school, we ran some I and uh pounded people, and I definitely think you know in in Twitter world those types of formations get a get a those types of styles of offenses get a bad rep because you know, the defense can, can be a hat for – or defense can get a plus one or this or that. But those guys that are in that world, uh, like the guy at Blessed Trinity, um, they, they know what they're doing so well mm-hmm. that they've seen it all. And uh, there's, there's no way that you can play a, st- a, a defensive front or a look or try to get an extra hat here or there that they haven't seen. And uh, so – they're still going to find ways to get a hat for a hat and get you all blocked up. And uh, they can do it a bunch of different ways. And uh, so I got a ton of respect for those guys. That's awesome. So what, let's, let's, let's talk about if you were a head coach, right? Which, you know, is that something you want to do one day? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. So when you, when you become a head coach, we're going to speak prophetically about this. When you become a head coach, you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to run the defense. What yeah. kind of, what style of offense would you want to run if you had any personnel you wanted personnel was not it was just it's just this is hypothetical you can have any kind of player you want well I'm gonna pick Brock Vandegrift there you go <laughs> um well you know a, a defensive guy I think I guess most defensive guys will give you the same answer you want to be um you want to run the ball and be tough and be physical and um control the clock control the ball um so you know I, I, I take all that and I, I love the the wing tee. It's a great offense. Um, when I was in high school, uh, my my senior year, we played the wing tee and we we ran that offense. And I was a pulling guard, so I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, learning it, understanding it. Um, I've I've played enough triple option and watched it and all that, where I I respect that and I know how hard that is to defend. But you know, bottom line is when you, when you make your philosophy. For for me, it's going to be run the ball, be tough and physical, um, protect the ball, try to have as few turnovers as possible. So that's kind of where the triple option, where I get separated from it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I believe it's great offense. I believe in it. Um, when people run it, it's it's deadly. Um, but when I think of just turning the ball over, and you know that's a key statistic in winning and losing. So. Knowing that I want to stay away from that, you know, I don't want to triple option. I also don't want to throw the ball a lot. I uh, just think there's too too big a risk for – I don't know a whole lot about throwing game. I also think there's too big a risk of throwing the ball to the other people. So, um, I just think there's a really simple, easy way to win football games. And it's like running a business, I think. If you never lose money, if you never take a loss, you're not going to go out of business. So, in terms of football, run the ball, be tough, be physical, take, take care of the ball, never go backwards, right? Always gain yards. And so, you know, the style that I learned from, you know, kind of friend, mentor, guy you and I both work for, Jonathan Guess, he's in the gun. It's old-fashioned, uh, you know, kind of the Florida days, Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. 20 personnel or 11 personnel. And, and you've done this stuff up there uh, in West Virginia, too, running jet, power, and counter, and play action and quick game. And it's really simple and um, take what the other team gives you. And you did a podcast not long ago about threatening the whole field. And uh, I think that's important, being able to 
threaten all parts of the field. I know that as a defensive coach, when people can do that, you can't cheat. Otherwise, I can tell my safety to cheat here or there. But, um, you know, so I'd, I'd kind of take all, all that. I know that was long-winded. I'd take all of what I just said, and uh, I'd be in the gun and snap the ball to a good athlete and uh, jet power counter, play action, quick game, and uh, probably very little drop back passing. That's probably what I'd do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. The, the people – you know, you know, like you said, on Twitter world, right? You get people talking about all these drop back passing concepts and man, first of all, to protect it is, that's rough. And then to get all that timing down is really hard. Uh, especially now, we don't, have an, we don't really have an off season. We can't, you know, go do 707 tournaments and stuff. So like you said, run the ball, play action, quick game. I think quick game and play action times up the same too. You know what I mean? Like the ball is, is out. Like the quarterback gets to the top of his drop, it's out of his hand. Right. usually um which is which is nice so coach as we kind of wrap this this sucker up talk about you know some advice for um like a young coach that's looking to be a defensive coordinator to kind of go through the the progression give give a give them some advice for me the the best thing that um uh, that ever happened to me was um uh, getting into first of all let me say this before i say what i'm going to say you know, what I've learned, I've kind of been on a cool journey that, that God's taken me on where I was at this school, First Presbyterian. Then I went to Eagles Landing. Now, now I'm coming back to First Presbyterian. Well, when I was at FPD the first time, you know, I was like 25, 26-year-old. I mean, I guess when you're 25 and 26, at least I did. I thought I knew, I knew it all. Um, so, you don't – I didn't really appreciate where I was and the people I was around and the wisdom that was being put poured into me. I don't know if I really appreciated it. And then I went to uh, Eagles Landing, which is obviously, like I said, a great program. And I got to learn from someone who I knew was really, really good, and uh, which is Coach Guess. And so that would be my advice to uh, someone who's wanting to learn and move up and progress is to, uh, is to find somebody who's done it really well and, and, and done it uh, for a long time and won games and uh, – learn, you know, sit and learn and uh, be humble. Don't think you know it all and, uh, and learn something from them. But also at the same time, kind of like I didn't do, be thankful where you are and uh, learn where you are and listen from those folks too. And, uh, you know, one day maybe uh, God will take you full circle like he's done with me and bring you back and you'll, you'll think back and realize like, man, these guys really, they knew what they're doing too. You know, they have one yeah, five yeah. seats in a row. But they're good coaches, and uh, we got good players too. We don't have all these D1 guys, but we got good players. And so I would say latch on to a guy that you know and you trust that, that is going to do it well and uh, knows what he's doing and uh, steal from him. That's awesome, Coach. And what, what, is, what is this this Jim's name right here that's on my screen that I can see? This is Molly. This is Molly. our young Molly. Um, we got Maddie and Molly. Molly is uh, six months old this week. Okay. So not quite six months old yet. Okay. Her nap. I heard her moving around. So. That's awesome, Coach. Well, shoot, man. You, it looks like you, you got to run, and it's, good to, it's, good, it's a good thing the podcast is over because you got some work to do at home for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. I, I love listening. And I love all your guests, and uh, I'm just thankful you, uh, you had me back on. Heck yeah, man. It's first two-time guest, and we will definitely do it again. Thank you for coming on, Coach. All right, Coach. See you, man.